welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Sheldon Kay, show manager of Mobile Tech Expo. Our Las Vegas show is happening September 5th through 7th, and I want to give you all a heads up that our education day is already 50% sold out. So if you're thinking of attending, you should probably sign up soon. Since Pints and Polishing is one of our favorite partners, I want to offer you all a special discount. Sign up with the discount code PINTS, that's P-I-N-T-S, and save 15% off our education day pass. I can't wait to see you all at the show and share a beer with you. Cheers. Welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast, live at Albert G's Barbecue in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are already diving in. I've got the incredible guest, Jake from Warrensburg, who is now going under a new name. Moonshiner's Choice Auto Detailing. Definitely. Moonshiner's Choice. Now, we got to ask, first off the bat... Why'd you come up? How'd you come up with Moonshiner's Choice? You go from pro auto detailing of Warrensburg to Moonshiner's Choice. That rebrand was something just leaning into where I'm at uh, geographically. I'm outside of Kansas City. My Moonshiner's shop is outside of town. Um, and it's, uh, it's not a location. It's not even on the map, actually. Um, and my neighbor uh, owns a distillery, so I partnered up with oh, Phantom Five. Cool. It's a it's a new distillery in Warrensburg. Partnered up with them, and it just kind of kind of came together. Did a goofy cartoon logo, um, and uh, just kind of having some fun with it. So Moonshiners Choice. So all the Moonshiners choose to come to me to clean up their vehicle, I guess. Oh yeah, and do you do any smuggle running? I think at one time you put like a box of. Uh that is something I do for my clients. I, I make a little, uh, a little, a little moonshine box, yeah, a little for moonshine them. case. Uh, put a bottle of Phantom Five in it, and might have a might have a little something for you. Oh yeah, Sweet. later on in the truck. Speaking of crossing borders and bootlegging, right. we'll see. Bonus. We um, we are here at Albert G's because when I was up passing through oh yeah let's dive into these wings we went with some wings first um he said they smoke them for 45 minutes and then they flash fry them before they come out that's a good wing that's a good wing mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> sorry for the munching um good wing there's a little crispiness to it which is nice what sauce is that he said that's a, a sriracha. Mm. I can't remember what they they make it here. It's a sriracha based, but mm. the but the wing without anything on it, it was just good enough. Was really good. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, the sriracha kicks in. I like that. Mikey, what did you say you called this sauce? The rubneck sauce. Lemon pepper sriracha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. 
But definitely, it, it sits in your mouth for a little bit. Yeah, that's the sriracha. Yeah. It'll catch up. Yeah. Great wings, though, man. Great wings. And we're drinking the Welltown, what'd you say? Welltown what? Uh, American Denim. American Denim. Uh, special release. Welltown is a local brewery here. Opened up within the past year. Really what I love about Welltown is their design and layout. And it's almost made of all wood on the inside. And then you go upstairs to another bar with this then gigantic wood patio that overlooks downtown Tulsa. So really cool place. If you're ever in the area, go to Welltown. And then they have some very special beers that they release every once in a while. They had one that they called the Dreamsicle, I think, that uh, I had had with some detailers here locally. We met up there. Um, and really one of the best beers we'd ever had. It, it had some lactose in it, so it was a creamy ale oh man it's so good it's very different it's very different but this is good this they said this is the a lager what do you think it's a really solid light beer and in the summer i'm yeah i'm pretty much reaching for light beer honestly yeah uh, if you'd give a me something creamy it? with lactose in it right now <laughs> i'd probably be taking a nap this afternoon but, yeah uh, no no lactose for you this is a yeah a really solid light beer it's like i said pretty much that's what i'm reaching for uh in july in missouri or oklahoma pretty warm yeah um all right but so the the kind of the running joke is when when i visited jake i was uh we came up there for some training had a good time trey uh called the dinosaurs a couple of times we we saw his remains the next morning laughed at him trey being such a lightweight because he's only 21 22 he couldn't hang with the Warrensburg crowd. I couldn't. I couldn't hang either. <laughs> but that's because I'm old. <laughs> the oldest of the old still made it through. You, yeah, you, you powered through. It easily. was, it was rough, but we made it. Uh, then shout I out came to back. Pine Street. <laughs> shout out to what? Pine Street. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. In Warrensburg. The infamous Pine Street. Um, and then I was in Omaha doing some training for a distributor and then rolled back through, said, hey, man, let's roll through, meet up, grab some barbecue, show me your amazing Kansas City barbecue. And he said, hey, meet me here. Never been, but, you know, it's, it's, it's Kansas City. Can't go wrong. It's the most unbelievable barbecue spot of all time. Nobody else has any good barbecue. Every place in Kansas City is the best. And I couldn't even finish. It was so <laughs> it I need was to kind of rough. I need to get the I need to edit that story a little bit. <laughs> because here's what actually happened. He texted me and said, I'm in Omaha. I I'll be routing through Kansas City. You want to meet up on my way through. And so I picked a location. I picked I pulled up Google Maps and I literally picked a location that seemed to be uh, good, a good meeting spot based on where we were. I had never been there, and the other thing is, anyone that lives in Kansas City will tell you there is a difference between Kansas City and the surrounding suburbs. We were actually in Lee Summit. Mm, so now I, it comes out. Oh, so there is after, a difference. After this round down here in Tulsa, we'll have to have the official Kansas City barbecue. Um, but yeah, admittedly, that that wasn't the best spot. 
but it wasn't meant to be. I was just trying to hang out with the man himself <laughs> instead of uh, making you drive an extra, you know, hour out of your way on a long trip anyway. So Much that's what really happened. Yeah. But cheers to coming down. Yeah, cheers. Jake, um, Jake is coming down to get his IDA certifications done. So we got his CD passed with fine colors. I mean, there's some questions. You know, there's some times where you, you got to think. I mean, it's it's not designed that anybody can pass. They want you to really understand some stuff. I, I didn't really come down thinking that I knew it all by any means, and the, the test showed that, but uh, actually learned a, learned a lot from the test, and so far a great experience. We thought we'd come get some barbecue here because I hadn't been here before, and there's a running tally of how Kansas City stacks up to the rest of the country in barbecue. And Oklahoma so far is in the lead, but, you know, that is because we're here, but Florida did. Florida got on the map. Colorado got on the map. Uh, where else? There's been a couple places that got on the map with a point. We just need Kansas City to, to climb on the board. Right now they're at a negative, so, you know, they, we need them to climb up onto the board. I think we need to find some common ground, and at least if you've seen any of the posts about New York, like the hipster barbecue in New York City where it's literally just like a slice of meat and then oh, we should go. the best choice we should try it. Yeah. Uh, hamburger bun. <laughs> and they're like, the hipsters are <laughs> raving about it. I mean, at least we need to find some common ground and say that that's not, that's not barbecue. That's not barbecue. No. When we're talking barbecue, I mean, you got to have, to me, anybody can make a brisket. So for 4th of July, I was in a rush, and I threw the brisket already in a pan into the smoker. So it was extremely moist, it was extremely tender, everybody loved it, but for me, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it because it didn't have any smoke flavor. To me, the meat, we could go to a bunch of different barbecue places around here, and the meat is good and cooked, but it's not smoky, like it's been sitting in a smoker for 12 hours. I need that, that's one of my first prerequisites. My family has this running joke about me and my wife. Whenever we go to a function, we are responsible for bringing the uh, case of water and ice, if that tells you anything about our cooking. So when I'm defending Kansas City barbecue, I'm not saying that I can smoke meat. My brother-in-law smoked some ribs for our 4th of July, and, and he's good. But I'm not going to claim that I can smoke a rack of ribs and it be top-notch. So I will, I will, admit, I will concede and admit that I'm not going to square up against you smoking some some barbecue. I've messed quite a few up, but for the most part, I've got it down pretty easily. Um, and a lot of people will even say my barbecue's cheating because I'll use a uh, electric smoker, but you nobody fish? can tell the difference. If I put it down here next to somebody else's barbecue, you'd never know it was in an electric smoker. As detailers, we need to be efficient. There you go. And electric smokers, they're efficient. They are efficient. You know, a lot of people would not call it barbecue, but, you know, it is what it is. You don't you don't go out into the woods and, you know, chop down. I don't chop my own tree, uh-uh. No. No, I go to Lowe's and buy it in a bag. <laughs> Too many other things to do. Yeah, no, it is what it is. But I like the beer. I think the beer's a great 
go with the sauce because the sauce is definitely warm. Sauce has some kick to it. Yeah, and so it's a good beer to wash it down. Well, he said it was Roughneck. Now, if you've got a name like that, you got to back it up, and it does. So our soccer team, our local soccer team, is called the Tulsa Roughnecks. So I'm guessing that's where it came from. Oh, did you have it? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's ours now. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, we'll grab some lunch here in a second. But, um, you know, some of the stuff we wanted to get into, Jake, um, first of all, I want to tell you've been on the podcast before, but give some people a reminder, you know, who's Jake Roach, where are you from, where you grew up, give us, you know, give us some background of who you are. Well, I'm, I mean, Jake Roach isn't necessarily anybody to write home about, but I own oh, professional whatever. auto detailing of Warrensburg. Um, Warrensburg's 35 miles southeast of Kansas City, so we're a little outside. People? About 20,000, and then there's a, a decent-sized university there that bumps up the population. So we're a little outside the service area for Kansas City. Um, and I, on June 15th, I sold professional auto detailing of Warrensburg. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the new guys come in. They're an outfit from KC. They're doing a great job. They've got big plans for that detail shop. It is still in Warrensburg. Uh, they're going to do great. Got a lot of confidence in them. Other, I mean, I built that, you know, and it wasn't anything super crazy, but I'm very proud of that that company. No, you should be. How yeah. long ago did you start it? 2017. And, uh, and so I started Moonshiner's Choice Auto Detailing earlier this year. Um, and this is, we are now in July of 19. Yeah. So you ran, you ran it for two years. And I, w- and I had, uh, you know, Moonshiner's Choice Auto Detailing is a, a one-man show, polishing, coatings. Uh, I think I've got a shop vac as far as interiors go. <laughs> Your level of interior work and, is a shop vac. Well, I've, I've also got some hyper-clean interiors, so hey. if I need to clean up an interior, I can. But I was balancing those two companies there for a while and really, you know, needed some guys to come in and, and take it over and run with it and keep building on the foundation that I you know, put together, and, and that's what they're going to do. So that's that's a pretty recent, pretty recent uh, occurrence. Very much. So, what got you? You want to order food real quick? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you on this. If you want? Oh, I'm I'm just of... I'm going ribs and chicken, two meat. Or no, chicken. no chicken. Yeah. Okay, so no chicken. Yeah, no chicken. So ribs and ribs and turkey. All right, ribs and turkey on the two meat. Do I get how many sides? Two sides. I want to do mac and cheese. Has been a thing I've been trying lately, and then I always got to try the baked beans because some people do good beans, some people don't. It's always different. I always like trying it. Mine, I put cinnamon in, and it. Oh, do they put cinnamon? Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll do the I'll do the two two meat which ribs uh, I'll get the ribs and the pull of sausage uh, fried okra and mac and cheese. 
My little girl likes mac and cheese, so that'll be well, dinner tonight. Well, it's sort of a thing barbecue spots have started right. to specialize in certain mac and yeah. cheeses. Yeah. Like, special mac and cheese, but I mean, we make it all for me and all here. Yeah. They're, all our sides are made here. So yeah. It's actually creamy, actually cheesy. Yeah. You can't go wrong with it. No. We, uh, when we were, yeah, I do. Yeah, actually, thank you. When DJ and I were in Denver, we stopped at a little barbecue place and they had a phenomenal mac and cheese. Like, it's a thing now with barbecue tries, like, sides become that little extra thing. And if you've got a really good mac and cheese, it's super popular. So, and especially if they do a, a, a fried or a baked mac and cheese where they put that crispiness over the top. Cheese. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's really great. But, okay, so what got you into detailing? Because, you know, that's a little bit of story of your, your businesses that you just did, but, you know, that's a side venture for you. You know, your main livelihood is wife. You've got a wife and a daughter, and then you've got a full-time job to support them yeah what what got me into the detailing industry it what got me into the detailing industry um was kind of a happy accident i guess me and a business partner went in to uh, a buy a buy a very very small detail shop and uh you know see if we could grow it into a, a decent side business uh so we, you bought a pre-existing Yes, but we bought it with the intention of closing it down, starting something completely different and doing it right. Um, but he uh, exited that scenario pretty much before it started. He did? And left, said? Yeah, yeah, and left me with the aftermath. Um, yep. And, yeah, so... Partnerships can be tough. It... Yeah, it was kind of tough, so I was uh, tasked with the entire thing. We had, you know, doing everything versus our original plan, and uh, it was a grind. Uh, had to learn a lot real quick because, you know, when you're a business, if you don't make money, you go out of business. So wanted to learn things the right way. Met some, met some good people that helped me uh, get through the learning curve real quick. One of those guys I'm sitting next to. Uh, yeah, I remember when you first started messaging me on Instagram, and I sent you some stuff, and you're like, no, it can never happen. I was like, just try it. Hey, uh, I've, I've gotten the advice, and if, you know, n folks new to detailing out there, I've gotten good advice from very experienced detailers. They've said this, give something a shot. You gotta try it. If it's in your mind, if it's in your mm -hmm. thought process, you just gotta try it. Yeah, exactly. You never know what can stick. Uh, really, really established detailers have all told me that. Just, I mean, just go for it. And uh, so, but I'm actually, a, I think what you were also talking about is I'm an instructor at the local university in mathematics and statistics. Um, so the detail shop, I was hiring managers and I mean, I was detailing quite a bit, obviously and had a crew and you know running a pretty routine volume shop is what i would call it and uh but and a full professor kinda, at a school i would like to call myself a professor oh but sorry I, I don't have a phd okay well not a okay i guess i don't know all the lingo a teacher so if i were sitting next to a professor and i said i was a professor they would you know give me the stink eye but 
Yeah. Okay, but you teach at a school. I teach all the same classes. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. don't get paid as much. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, and then everything just kind of evolved from there. The, I was on Pints and Polishing podcast last, it was about this time last year, maybe August of last year, actually, and the topic, you know, was kind of, we talked about this background and where we were at, it, you know, DJ was on, he talked about Yeah, I just wanted to give some people a refresher. Not everybody goes back and listens to no. all the old episodes, so. <laughs> no, so. Um, so go into, let's talk about coming from the outside in to the industry. As you began to go into doing more cars or doing the work or trying to grow the business, what was the what's the hardest thing that came up that you did not foresee coming? Waste. And I, being a numbers guy, I calculated everything and um, because was you're the math guy, projections yeah. and everything were really spot on except for one variable that I I did not uh, calculate properly and that was just waste and anyone that define waste. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, uh, a, in business, waste is any anything that goes out of the bank account that is n not uh, involved in generating money coming into the bank account. So waste can come in many form or fashion. You know, leaving a bottle of coating open and it and ruining the coating. Uh, employees uh, facetiming their girlfriends in the office when they should be detailing. You know. So the amount of waste was what I didn't properly calculate. Um, that being said, we, I mean, we did just fine, but that I had to personally compensate for that waste in time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, definitely all of those things in order to, uh, you know, compensate for that. And that's the, <clears throat> it, uh, it was a grind. It is, I mean, it, I say was because I work alone now. So. What are some, you mentioned people leaving, which we've talked about before, like leaves in a bottle of coating open and it goes to waste or some different things, like you said, FaceTime, like employee production or lack of production is a waste. What are some yeah. others? Um, so another example off the top of my head, uh, leaving the air conditioning on when we're closed even. I mean, in you and I, I'm that you know, guy too. We, I'm that we guy had too. This discussion I can't and stand Trey it. was laughing about, you know, air conditioning being on in the shop. And it's like, guys, you don't I mean, you're working, you don't even need air conditioning and you see a thousand dollar electrical bill and you know it's not because a dang vacuum sucked up a thousand dollars worth of electricity. It's um, because it's gotta be at seventy degrees so that you go in for five minutes and you feel amazing. Like yep. no, you don't need that. Yeah, nor do we have 30 customers waiting in the lobby at any given time. So um, that would just be another example. I mean, it, it pops up on the balance sheet That's everywhere. That's huge for me. That's huge for me, yeah. Yeah, it, it pops up on the balance sheet everywhere. Um, you know, it could even be, you know, redoing a car because it, I would think that taking an order and then fulfilling that service, if someone says interior, is pretty straightforward. But more than once, I had to go redo a car because someone did an exterior when the order was for an interior. Oh, geez. And they never even touched the interior? So those types of things, that's, that's waste. And, you know, if you're involved in it uh, and you know your P&Ls and, and your balance sheet, you can see those things um, and you know where they come from. And like I said, it ended up uh, at that shop. I detailed every hour of every day of the week. Um, there wasn't a, 
there wasn't a minute of the day that was not not deep. I mean, I mean, if something had to be done, I got it done. And guys would clock out at five, and then I'd have to go make things right. Yeah, that, that's interesting you say that because the question that was next on my mind was, so somebody outside looking into the detailing world, you think that it's possible to have an investment or be an owner in a company that's a detailing company and be passive? Um, anything is possible. Is that, <laughs> is that an optimistic way of... I think you need the right-hand man, and I think you need someone who's got skin in the game. If you're, if you're in the business growth part of it, which is what I was originally supposed to do, grow the business, get it out there, promote the brands, bring business in. Um, I think you've got to have someone else that's got skin in the game versus just yeah. punching the clock. And I've even tried like heavy commissions or like um, even with one guy that, that came in that was supposed to kind of GM in a sense, in a sense, you know, be a be more than what happened, which was sad, but um, I even tried to do a, like percentage of revenue, like you got profit sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that still didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I've, I tried just about everything and I really wanted, you know, they're, they're before um, I sold the company, the only thing I could really think of would be if someone came in and, and wrote a check and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, put this money in. And then you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to see it go. Otherwise, you're you're gambling with somebody else's money. Yeah, and mine wasn't to do with actual detailing work. So let me let me clarify that. But I think the, I think the crossover is basically if, if you're thinking of a small, 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 which we are, we think that as detailers, we've got a, a really good company. Like, we're small. Yeah. Like, we're extremely 100%. tiny. Yeah. Um, in order to, to grow and bring somebody in, you're right. I mean, they really need to have something investment financial-wise in it. And I think that's a hard lesson to learn. You, because not a, it's going to be hard to find somebody. A, it's, a, we don't want to take the time, so we just bring somebody in and hope for the best. But I think the lesson I've learned, which is I think you learned, like that skin in the game is very important. How do you find that right person? Do they have the money to be able to put in? I, you know. And um, my Instagram account has been my connection to the detailing world, and it, it's kind of I mean it's it's not a good thing, but I've found that I'm not the only one with this issue. Here, yeah. here's what I see a lot: I see guys that start off as their their own boss, their own detailer. They grind, they grind, they grind but they don't scale their business because they're working 80 hours a week cleaning cars. So they would need someone like me to come in and help out grow the business, grow the brand or whatever. On my end, if I'm the business growth type person, then I need, you know, you can't clone yourself and there's only so many hours in a day. Ultimately, revenue generation is what's going to, you know, keep food on the table. So if you have to sit back and, you know, like I talked to, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember who the other That's day. That's okay. You don't have to listen. Yeah, no, I, I was talking to a, a very successful detailer on Instagram the other day, and he was talking about how he hasn't posted in such a long time because he's so damn busy, 
and then you know to save face on Instagram, you got to keep posting and stuff like that. And he's like, man, I'm I'm detailing 14 it's, hours it's a, a day. It's, it's literally a part-time job to be a poster on Instagram. Yeah, and you know, someone's gonna perceive that oh, you haven't been posting, and I, I put that in one of my uh, one of my captions. It's like you know what what I post on Instagram is a, a fraction of you know what I'm actually detailing. And I get that. I think the reason why there's so much anxiety towards Instagram posts, which I feel the same. I tried lately. I've tried to do one video a day, and then my entire day made out into stories. And the amount of time it takes to learn editing and to be able to edit videos and do stuff, I'm not going to pay somebody for do that now. There's some stuff that I do pay for that, but bootstrapping it, like having to learn the process of editing a video takes a long time. And to be able to do that on a regular basis takes even more time. And I think the anxiety for me isn't that people won't see it. And maybe that detailers, that's the way they feel is, oh, my customers won't see my work. I think the anxiety for me isn't that people will see it. It's that you only have one feed on Instagram or Facebook. And if you're not posting stuff on a regular basis, you get lost in the feed with thousands of other companies that you're competing against for local people's attention when they're scrolling through Instagram. And if you're not making a post on a regular basis as a detailer, get it. Maybe you're busy doing detail work, but... You just get lost in the feed. Then Instagram, then Instagram, you know, changes their algorithm. Oh, all the time. Yeah. And you know, I see a lot of guys who are who are posting as on Instagram as advertisements and trying to capture a local audience. And Instagram knows that, and you may not be getting you know uh, views on a national, which you know as total auto solutions you want to capture. Right. I mean, a it national depends audience. on who you are. Mm-hmm. I would still say as a detailer, you don't want to post to get national audience. You only want to target local hashtags. Right. That's just me personally. And it, again, goes back to generating revenue. Someone, you know, in California isn't going to drive right. here and <laughs> Here's pay a slogan. me to detail I don't the know car. if I put this slogan out, though, but I started to write things down in my little note section when I'm driving. And one of them was, does that other detailers like pay you any money? It does not. Yeah. Like, are you, you know, something along those lines, does, does, a, does a like make you revenue or something like, if you're posting for another guy to like your shit, that's cool. Like, we like to, like, we like that and we love community, which we tell detailers to go comment on other, like, just to understand that that doesn't make you any money. Definitely does not. And I use Facebook because mine, uh, my demographic uh, in Warrensburg is... My, my customers on Facebook. Yeah, I have very few uh, paying local followers on Instagram. I mean, a decent amount of local followers, but not ones that are going to, you know, pay for my services. Yeah. Um, and so Facebook was strictly an advertisement, you know, situation. Yeah, I mean, and it's all about. That's right. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's all about uh, knowing your customer base. So, all right, we got some delicious looking food that has arrived we got mac and cheese looks pretty cheesy I got the beans the ribs the turkey 
Let's see, you went with the fried okra. I gotta steal one. Yeah, absolutely. I miss fried okra. I can't eat it anymore because of my cholesterol, but that's delicious. Mm. I got this sausage, the ribs, mac and cheese, fried okra. I'm not sure how I'm avoiding a nap this afternoon, but I'll figure that right? out after this. Uh, don't worry, I got energy drinks for us. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, same thing? For me, yeah. Well, so far so good. The atmosphere has got everything that you would want out of a barbecue joint. Looks good. Out of a good Food looks good. We still got some yeah. brick and there's some wood, which is cool. The setting's nice, right? And uh, we had to park next to a, a facility that was barbed wired in. That's always a good sign <laughs> for me anyway. Well, and then I was going to say, look, we got bob barbed wire, uh, faux yeah. barbed wire on the, uh, the glass. Like trying to set it as a uh, still a little country, but an upscale country yeah, establishment. Over 100 years old. An old, old machine shop. Yeah. Barbecue joint and old machine shop. So like I said, so far so good. All right. Ready to dive into the ribs? Yeah, rib. Cheers. Cheers. Let's see what we got. Comes off the bone nice. Not a lot of flavor. I would have liked to have some more rub on there. But they I think that's the St. Louis style, isn't it? They didn't go heavy on the rub, but mm. I don't know if that's a that's a bad thing because if someone's not a fan of that style of rub, then. DJ would be proud of me. I'm going for some sauce. Does, does he drench his barbecue? He drenches everything. The other night we went over to uh, a, uh, a detail grand opening party, and he was eating a hamburger that. Uh, what did he drench on there? He drenched. Uh, oh no no I'm good. You sure? Yeah I really can't. Okay, sorry. I have to be very very. I mean my cholesterol when I got it checked was over 400. They're like you're gonna die. I'm like okay. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. So ribs to me are my treat. Uh, I've had to com completely cut out almost all fried food. Yeah. It's just, it's a sad life. <laughs> but it's, but this is some good it's food. Part of getting older. Uh, but no, he, it was Chick Fil A sauce all over his hamburger, and I was like, bro, he's, a, I told you I love sauce, and he does. Like he puts sauce on everything. I get. I get grief for putting hot sauce on everything. Now, I'm not going to put hot sauce on something like this. But in general, things that someone wouldn't yeah. normally put hot sauce on, That's him. I'm he, going he for it. He does hot sauce on everything. Sir. Another great way of knowing a, uh, a barbecue spot is if they have paper towels on a roll. On the roll, out. yep. Like that's <laughs> that's a good uh, bonus points if it's attached yeah, to the if it's attached point, to yeah. the wall. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And you can pull down. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going for the turkey. It appears to be.
right, try the turkey here. Yeah, very well cooked. It's hard to mess up a turkey. It's hard to mess up turkey. Yeah, very good smoked turkey. What do you think of your links? <clears throat> the sausage links are really good also. Um, I'm, I've got a, I just love, I just love sausage. So I knew I was going to like it. I mean, there's, that's really all there was to it. So you, you put a sausage in front of me, I'm going to, I'm going to get after it. Don't spit your macaroni <laughs> out. I'm, I can't hold back. I don't know what you're, <laughs> so you like some it. polishing <laughs> podcast. You just got to be straight up and honest. Like, so you like you like sausage in your mouth, huh? Not good for the cholesterol, though. <laughs> All right, next up is the mac and cheese. Oh, it's amazing. Which Marty has done a little more uh, traveling and barbecue eating than I have. Said he's noticed that mac and cheese, like specialty mac and cheese, is a big thing in barbecue joints across the country it, now. It seems to be a growing trend. I don't remember years ago, you know, five, six, ten, you know, barbecue being that you bought mac and cheese at the same time. And then as it started going in, I was like, okay. But now it's like a lot of places will have, oh, you got to try the mac and cheese. Like it's a specialty item for them, just as the way, just as the same way as beans, right? It used to be barbecue beans was the thing to put with your barbecue, right? This goes with it hand in hand. Mac and cheese is starting to make that like climb to be the one of the side items that you always get. And it's it's definitely really good. Cheesy. But mac and cheese is my two-year-old daughter's favorite. <laughs> so this side of mac is going to make it back it's gonna to make Lawrenceburg. It home? Yep, for her. So it is really good. But she gets hangry. Mm. And the only thing that cures it is mac and cheese. So if we, uh, if we run out, then we're in for a long evening. Um, I not, think not a fan of the beans. Not a fan of the beans. You want to try? Yeah, I'm sick of. I'll see if I can cur. Beans can be, beans can be very different at different places you go. Which why I always like to try them. Very rare that I find a bean. You know, somebody's baked beans that I really, really like. Good man, thanks, Mikey. We love it that his name's Mikey. Hey, Mikey. I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that also. Yeah. Um, just maybe not a lot of flavor. Yeah. Mm. But that turkey though. Mm. I think on all of these meats, they or on all of the dishes, they lean on the side of less is more. Mm-hmm. Or precautionary. <clears throat> They're just not bold. Yeah. It's not a bold. There's nothing on there that's bold. Now, I'm of the opinion that barbecue really shouldn't be very bold and spicy. If you want to add that, you can be like DJ and choose your sauce. There you go. Okay. And you've talked multiple times about enjoying the smoky flavor and, and stuff like that. Yeah, for me, that's it. Yeah. But... Got to have so I mean if I wanted this to you know be more spicy or something grab the spicy barbecue but with barbecue even though I like hot sauce a whole bunch I don't I don't try to spice it up 
Yeah, and I don't mean necessarily like spices and heat flavor spice. Just, I just like more. Like, of whatever your thing is, I just want more. Right. Uh, I coat and drench mine with a rub. Like, every every time I make, it's, it's going to have a ton of rub on it. Just because I want the most I can out of the flavor of what I'm going to give. Do you have any shareable secret ingredient oh, yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that? Yeah, of course. That you could put uh, out there? I, I found um, Head Country. Head Country. It's a Oklahoma-based. Um, they make a barbecue sauce that I used to get and then <clears throat> was walking through Sam's because I usually just get my, I get my ribs and get my different meats and stuff at Sam's and saw one day that they had the Head Country rub. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. And I used to make, try and make my own, and you had to buy all these different ingredients and blah, blah, blah. And it was fun, but <clears throat> I tried the Head Country. I've never gone back, never switched to anything. It's just, it's my go-to. And then it doesn't have enough of, like, seasoning, seasoning. So I'll throw just a little bit more salt and a little bit cumin and, you know, just a couple different little flavors in there. But, my, but the, it's mostly Head Country. I'm going to amend something I said earlier. I said I wasn't good with the smoker, and, and that's true. But if you stop by my place, I'll grill you a steak. Because mm. I, I will not eat steak in a restaurant. I don't know if it's yeah. because I'm particular mm-hmm. or if I'm actually that good at grilling steak. Yeah. Um, but my secret marinade, secret ingredient marinade, now this probably won't surprise you seeing as how you have been to Pine Street in Warrensburg, Missouri, but it is uh, natty ice. <laughs> so you you put the steak. You get a, still get a good cut of meat, you know. But whatever you're, you know, whatever you marinate in, put four ounces of of a very heavy, you know, something like that. Let it sit for 24 hours. It just that does it for me. Yeah. I've marinated uh, in beer. Um, so when you cook your steak, you go you go heavy heat on the grill and back it off. You just stay heavy heat. You go low heat. What do you do? Well, I got to go charcoal grill. Oh. First of all. Okay. So more variation in, you know, your temperature and stuff like that, but... I'm not a fan. Like I said, I'm kind of picky on the steak. Yeah. Propane grill steak. Yeah. Um, in general, I'm going to get it pretty hot. Yeah. But I don't want the outside scorched and the inside raw. So it's yeah. Just so a, you got to flip off. I mean, often, it's huh? it's just a it's a feel thing, you know. Best teacher is experience. Same Definitely. as detailing, right? Do you like Do you like yours? Medium, medium rare. Medium rare. Medium I mean, rare? On on the rare side, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. A good a good thick a good thick cut. Ribeye. Oh yeah, ribeye, huh? Mm-hmm. But Kansas City cut? In there, Kansas Casey, City Casey ribeye? Strip, yeah. In there, Casey yeah. strip, yeah. Business isn't that good that I'm buying fifteen dollar pound ribeyes and grilling them every night, so No, why a, not? Well, <laughs> Maybe if I 
sell some more CC 105 from Next Level Coatings. <laughs> easy, easy there. I think last time I was on the yeah, podcast, I was, I was able to drop at least three or four. No, but we cut you off. Yeah. I mean, because we try and stay brand neutral. Brand neutral. It's a, I was, we really do our best to be a brand neutral podcast. Um, all right. And part of that is, you know, let's we, we're going to be at Mobile Tech again. We're going to launch, help launch the Vegas one for, with them. We're going to do some stuff with Mobile Tech. Sheldon comes on and explains, you know, the partnership. And there's actually even a discount code that that detailers can get. You know, if they go, um, and I'm pretty sure Sheldon puts it on the little intro spot that we'll do, but there's a coupon code. If you're going to Mobile Tech, you need to get on, use Pint as the coupon code, and that way you can get a percentage off. They're already filling up on the education day, so you really need to go hop in and get taken care of. But that's why we like to stay brand neutral, you know, or else... Of course. You know, there's not that. And we like to support. And I was just messing around. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I get it. <clears throat> and, you know, we we have we have lots of other, you know, people with brands that come on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's always trying to be open to everybody. And so is there another pint night? Yep. Um, what we're trying to do, though, which I think is going to happen is maybe instead of a pint night, we're gonna do a mobile tech happy hour. Very cool. Right, so just, you know, we don't have that all, you know, solidified out, but something along the lines of, you know, after it's over, swing by and have a beer and hang out before you go grab dinner or something. You know, we don't know. We don't know how it's gonna go yet, but. How many of these events have you done now? Because it wasn't the first one SEMA last SEMA year? of last year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did not know how it would go. We we had projections of around 50 people or so that we, like, DJ and I were like, listen, we're just some dudes from Oklahoma. If we can get 50 people to come drink a beer with us, that's a successful evening and we'll be happy. And we had over 100. And then we went to Mobile Tech Expo with Orlando, which Sheldon was at the SEMA one. And so he was like, hey, we need to do this Mobile Tech Expo in Orlando and we're again over 100 packed out house so it's it's becoming a very fun event and like I said at those there's especially people from all across the industry so we are definitely an an arms wide open type of podcast I've heard other detailers you know come out and mention it without any you know provocation and conversation or you know talking about you know that I know the guys that put it on or anything um definitely been a big hit so far i need to make it to one you do i don't know if i'm going to be able to make it to vegas i'm i'm a pretty it's vegas man you got to i'm I'm just out out in my neck of the woods and my detailing distillery (laughs) i guess it is kind of a detailing distillery enjoying the pint right now for sure all right so let's let's get into kind of i guess the i guess i don't know if it's second topic or the main topic that I wanted to really talk about. <clears throat> Tell us about some of the stuff that's happened to you, uh, physically wise. We talked earlier as you're taking the test about you know wearing safety goggles and safety glasses or protecting yourself. I mean, 
there's a lot of things that are recommended for detailers to do, but we don't exactly always follow what is recommended. And, you know, we've had Seth, who came onto the podcast because he had hurt his, uh, his arm and like broke it, slipping on ice, and he was out of work. Like, he literally could not do anything. There's, there's a lot of things that could happen to guys. You, you've heard a knee, you've heard a elbow, like... Give us some of the stories, and I think you said you couldn't even hold a polisher sometimes. Like, As far as safety in general goes, that, that's been ingrained to me because I, I work construction. And um, actually, if you want to consider the start of my detailing career, when I was 18, I worked at a semi-truck uh, maintenance uh, facility, and we actually washed those and stuff like that. But I've been on you know, job sites and in shops you know, since I was my first job, and um, there were serious consequences from the foreman if you didn't follow safety protocols. So... I mean, I've, that's that's just always stayed with me. And I was joking about the flip-flop detailer um, <laughs> that I didn't wear my flip-flops today. But in in general, I mean, and I think this is pretty common. Um, a lot of guys, especially in busy season, they're de- legitimately detailing for 40, 50 hours, like actual work. You know, not just going to and from, not just you know between details. Um, and I've got I've got a couple injuries right now. Um, that, uh, in my opinion, they're they're pretty bad. Uh, I sent Marty a picture this morning at about five o'clock, and I had a, a probably about a baseball size lump sticking out of my my knee. Yeah, uh, I've got a. a it's a hard to detail with a lump sticking out of your knee. Yeah, and I had before I could <laughs> so I you know I've got a clutch. Before I could push the clutch in, I had to get the swelling down. I ruptured a, a bursa. Um, bursa sack, I think, is what it's called in there. Oh, really? Um, and right now, I'm uh, my I'm right-handed, and my right elbow is getting really crunchy. I've got what's called tennis elbow, and then on the other side, I guess it's actually called golfer's elbow. Ooh. And the golfer's elbow is causing me to uh, have a sharp pain when I'm gripping something, and involuntarily, I uh, lose my grip. Uh, a common example would be a power washer. So you'll never see me with a one hand, you know, one hand on a power washer. I got one hand on you. Yeah. Um, and I've mentioned to you more than once that I need to be ambidextrous when coding. Um, just yeah, so but it just feels so awkward, and, isn't it? Like it, lefty's kind of yes. awkward. Like, uh, like. And, and so I had you know, shoulder surgery. Uh, who who can really switch up hands? I mean, it's just. I'm not trying to risk It's almost like a different night. Like, are we on a different date here? I mean, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, this is the Pines and Polishing Podcast, Marty. <laughs> uh, so, so those things uh, and a lot of overuse injuries, I think, are common in this indus- industry. You know, and if you do, like, you know, one thing, for example, and I've had uh, detailers just get cuts on their fingers. If you get a cut on your finger, I, I if, I, if that guy's on my crew and he's in, you know, my employee, I'm actually would not let them work because yeah. if they get a chemical in that cut, um, you know, they'd be, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'll just wear gloves. I'm like, no, you need, I mean, that cut needs to heal for a couple of days before. So, you know, there's a lot of things. If if you if if you broke a finger on your, you know, dominant hand, I think doing this job 100 percent. Would be kind of tough. It'd be painful. Um, it's manual labor. You gotta, yeah. And there's, I think, a lot of guys. Uh, Jake, how old are you? I'm, I'm 32 years old. Emphasis on the old. Uh, 
Right, but, I mean, when you were 22, 23, I mean, did you really think that you would go through what you're going through now physically? When I was 22, I was finishing up college football, and then after I was done with eligibility in football, I played rugby for four more years. So um, after I got done with that in my late 20s was when, you know, reality really sank in, not just, you know, physically but mentally, you know. Um, that I was going to have some issues and uh, you know as much detailing and especially you know holding a polisher and and uh, you know leveling coating and stuff like that my my overuse injuries I think are you know just flaring up stuff that I've had that I'm not able to take care of right now you know I don't think guys in this industry are able to take July off in order to you know fix tennis elbow or or something like that you know I mean uh, and then I think winter which in my opinion shouldn't be slow for detailing in my opinion that's when you should be you know consumers still behave that way but uh, you're I feel like a lot of guys grind even harder to compensate for maybe less volume or you know, slower month type I'll stuff. So yeah. I'll do it to go box. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you've got a lot more detailing experience. Were you able to, you know, say you, I mean, you had a banged up shoulder from, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. Would I mean, you able, would you take I've this got week a hurt off shoulder to ice it? From, no, absolutely not. From, uh, from college where I threw out my rotator cuff. I still remember being in left field and those, those days I was throwing it and just it just I would throw the ball and then my arm would just go limp out of pain like like shh, something's wrong like and it still affects me today. I you know on that Seth episode I talked about how when I was a mobile detailer I went right because you can't just detail you also have to have a life. Well, in my life and especially back then. I was active as can be. So there was a chance to go skiing or boarding. I'm hopping on whatever I can to go to Colorado and board for three or four days, right? Well, I'm trying to do a rail slide, and I'm like 20, 24, 25, something like that. I'm at Breckenridge, Colorado. I keep hopping up on this rail, but I just miss it. I, I go up, hop on for a second, and, you know, hop off. Well, I finally one time, and it was really ironically, you know how you go one more time, I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. The last time I did get it. But then I didn't know what to do once I got up, and it happened so fast that I still don't even remember. I mean, I got up on the rail slide, but then next thing I know, I'm on the ground on my side. I had landed from a five-foot rail slide, so I'm literally my shoulders, what, 10 feet up in the air, if not more? land right on my shoulder and I broke my rotator cuff. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I broke my collarbone. Well, yeah, you don't detail. There's no detailing if you've got a broken collarbone. Zero. You can't move without sheer agony because most of the time there's nothing they can do. It just has to heal itself. If you break it bad enough, they'll put a pin in, but for the most part, if you break a rotator cuff, they just let it heal. I lost a good detailer on my crew November of last year to a uh, a broken collarbone. He's 
in his words, he fell on the concrete. But the text came in at like two o'clock in the morning. He might have fallen on, on the concrete. On, yeah, I think yeah. Because Substance he was inebriated and falling. But yeah, he couldn't. I mean, he he was done, and and unfortunately, he wasn't able to, you know, come back and work for me. But he was a great detailer. Um, and I don't think this is unique to our industry, but we're on Pints and Polishing podcast, so, you know, we're talking. Oh, I got a friend who's an electrician who uh, broke his ankle, and he was in a walking boot, and his, his employer would not allow him to work under that circumstance. So he took uh, his brother, who wore a much larger size cowboy boot, and cut it, cut the leather off it, cut the sole off it, and taped it over his walking Smart. boot. Smart so guy. he could clock in at work and then go out to the job site. Yeah. Um, you know, to keep going. So, I don't know. I think the long story short is, you know, we got to be cognizant of those things because if you can't work. So if you got to be cognizant of it, how do we plan or prepare for it? You got to have yeah. a team member around. Right. I, yeah. So I, I'm, exactly. I've done some stuff lately, or some different posts, and talked about, you know, the need for developing a team member to come alongside, and you can even use them as a secondary, you know, source of income. There's all kinds of different things you can do with adding team members. But especially in that situation. So for me, I was fortunate enough that this guy was so hungry, which I talked to you about on the way over. Um, his name was Isaac Beck. Still love the guy. Saved me through so much because. He was more than happy to pick up extra slack and extra hours, and he brought in a buddy that they just kind of – I would go get the keys and bring them the car. They would do all the work, and then I would go back and deliver the car. You know, we were mobile, so I always would have to, you know, go deliver at an office building or whatever. Or when we were power washing at night, literally I would go pick him up. We would go to, you know, the Sonic or the restaurant or the bank or wherever we were. He would get out and get everything going, and I had a little portable DVD player, and I would just sit in the truck and watch movies while he cleaned concrete. Like, he saved my ass. Yeah, def I mean, that, that would be the definition of Because there was nothing right I could there. do. Right. Literally, there was nothing I could do. Right. And, and as we get older, like, I've got back pains. I've got hip pain. I've got pains. I've got problems. Like, Everybody starts, well, not everybody, but a good majority of adults, 35, 40, 50, they start having problems. And, you know, how many, how many 45 to 60-year-old detailers do you know? Maybe not personally, but seen them on the gram or have heard that there's a guy. Not many. Three or four? I mean, it's, it's really hard to – I know a couple. There's a really good guy, Porsche Paul is what he's known as, down in Jacksonville. You know, there's a couple guys. There's uh, here and there. But for the most of it, it you would try to transition into somebody like a Rennie Doyle who just does training. I mean, he has a shop. Don't get me wrong. I don't know anything about Rennie's day-to-day -day operations. So, for all the mafia, don't, don't send me – threat letters i'm just saying the mafia, the detail mafia. <laughs> i'm just saying i don't know that he details a car every day on a regular basis right his majority of income is to have a training and to have them on like he had to he had to switch his role a little bit as he gets older 
Right, exactly. You're not going to be able to continue. To, so as you kind of are transgression, that's the wrong word, um, transcending or switching your idea of what, you know, from the day-to-day Warrensburg Pro Auto Detail to Moonshiners where you said you only even have a vacuum to do interiors. Some of that's probably financial, some of it's stress, but how much of being more selective like that is easier on you as an older, as you get older? Um, yeah, I was, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to switch my business model to this um, without everything that I went to prior. Um, I think I kind of learned, and I'm not by any means saying I'm, you know, the best out there or anything, but I can polish and coat a car and, and do a good job for what I charge in my area. Um, and going that route has allowed me to be more selective and drastically decrease volume. For example, a couple weeks ago, my daughter got sick. Daycare called at, on a Wednesday at like 3 o'clock. I had to go get her. She was sick the rest of the week. I only had one customer that week, and I was able to postpone that vehicle, and there were no issues. Um, if I were trying to run a crew, you know, detail my, on my own, and then also do some of the things we talked about earlier, we'd be dealing with, you know, five, six or more cars a day in two bays. Um, the, it was a nightmare. And without having, what'd you say your, your guy was? Your oh, t- Isaac. Without having the Isaac to save your ass, um, that got kind of tough. So now it's a lot more flexible talking about the injuries that I'm, I currently have. Yeah, but so I was just a one-man show. Well, we were a two-man show. Mm-hmm. And the way I guess now, I guess, so the way you and your way of backing off is to not grow a team. Your idea was to just go more solo. I'm just a specialty shop. I only do it by appointment only. And so in case you have a family thing to do, yeah, you know, and you can the, timing, put off the, customer. the timing couldn't have been better because 20, and that's because you already have a secondary. You, like this is a secondary well, thing for you, right? And I think you have a primary I think source. Some other, you know, I had some influences in the detailing industry that kind of put me towards that route. But I was able to. I mean, my expenses are so drastically minimal; it's not even funny. Your wife um, works. Yes. So your wife works. Um, you work. And. Um, you know, but even if you were going that route for a living, if you can market and maintain, you know, that, you know, that client base and, you know, and go that route, um, you can be more flexible. You know, like, for example, I'm after this week, I'm probably not going to be doing much detailing for a while because I've got to get my knee and my elbow taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Um, I just have to. And if I were looking at 20 cars a week or something like that, you, it's not possible so as far as you know, growing the team, I I started out there, and I've I've backed off, um, but that's just my personal route. Oh, it's I get it. A, I get it. No, it's, yeah, it's, it it's is, and, that, and that's where I was going to say, like, as a personal decision, whether you're trying to grow a team or do it solo. Either way, the question that we still want to pose out there is, like, hey, if you're in your 20s, and this is really something you love and you want it to be your career you really got to start thinking about what could happen if something happens. Yeah, and I was only able to do Moonshiner's Choice the way I'm doing it because of how much I've been able to cut costs. 
Um, I don't I don't pay rent. I don't have I don't waste any supplies or anything like that. The utilities on the the shop that I mean it's a 1,200 square foot shop. I put one vehicle in it. Um, I mean, oh, I've you got, didn't go major fancy and all kinds of. I mean, it looks nice. I got good lighting, and it's you know. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's nothing crazy. Yeah, there's. I get it that there's some shops that need to be fancy because they're in a super high end industry like part. No shops, they 100% is amazing what they can do inside their shops. You know, super. But the majority of us, we just need a good regular spot with some good lighting. I think it was really cool when we did the roops training. Um, and Justin Rose talked about the two things you really need for lighting is A, you need contrast. So you need, they're big on dark walls or something that's not bright. If you have a bright light, then you don't want bright walls. So a little bit, a little bit darker on the walls. And you need a 45 degree angle. That's the only two things you need for lighting. All this other fancy stuff is cool. But for the most part, you really just need some contrast. You need a 45-degree angle. So if you were, if we were sitting in my shop right now, you'd be looking at my uh, polishing cart that's got lights attached to it. They're they're up higher, and then they're down at a 45-degree angle. And I'm I'm so uh, freakish about lighting now that I actually brought my paint correction headlight just in case because I didn't know where I was going to be doing this <laughs> just in case um, one one guy I really like to follow on Instagram um, uses the exact same it's it was like a $30 Who is uh, modern pro polish I think he's in North Carolina or something it's like a $30 light from Lowe's and it's yeah. it's adjustable you can sit on the ground you can put it on a stand and it, it's the perfect color and you've got the angles. You sit it on the ground. You can 45 it yep. up. Best thirty dollars ever spent. Yep. Milwaukee LED. headlamp. Yeah, I think yeah. five thousand K color temp. I mean, it's because uh, before I, before I really got nerdy about lighting, I would sun check cars, and then there'd be some marring, mm -hmm. and I. But once you can see it in the shop setting, then you can pretty much handle it. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do something right, make sure you know. And I, I'm always in the dark too. That's one thing that bothers me. It'd be That's nice the outside. Contrast. Yeah. That's contrast. It'd be nice outside, and I'll be, you know, shut in my shop with the lights off, with the yeah. headlamp on. But yeah, yeah, that's the contrast. Which it used to be, you want bright whites, and you want all this white walls, and you want all this brightness to it. And really, the late, lately, the change has been um, to 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 have dark walls. Even Cosmetology Jen, who's been on the podcast, good friend of ours. She put up black walls and the bullshit comments from different guys saying, how are you going to see you can't put up black walls? Like, blah, blah, blah. Bro, <laughs> you, the times have changed. Like, now, disclaimer, if you see my Instagram shots, my walls are white, but I'm in a 30 by 40. And if I would feel like I was literally in a cave. Yeah. So, like I said, I, turn, I, turn, off I yeah. turn off my overhead lights. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't you don't feel squished yeah either way you um, still want that contract. but it's it's a that's a 30 by 40 is a small shop yeah i mean I've, I've it's yeah but you get the contrast and then i feel like i'm in the dark all day long and then all of a sudden it's you go outside ball. and you're like oh then it's time for the moonshine there you go all right so we need to rate this beer one to five five you're gonna go get it immediately one you're never gonna drink it again well, it's 
it's July. It's really hot in Missouri and Oklahoma. Um, my go-to. Do you remember what my you know you remember what my favorite beer is, right? So Paps. I I actually that's probably voted best beer in 1892. Yeah, um, Bush Light. So I'm, oh, that's so right. I'm extremely light. I'm yeah. extremely qualified to be on the Pints of Polishing podcast, but no, a really good I light beer. I forgot about that. Yeah. I would take this I would take this beer over a Bud Light or anything like that in in a heartbeat. Based on your 1 to 5, um, I'm going with a 4. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. For for light beer. Yeah, uh, man, I'm the same way. I I could order this again very easily. Um it's, it's not a five because I could use a little bit more flavor. It's like there's a hint of some citrus. It's like there's a slight hint, or maybe I'm just trying to get citrus. I don't know. I feel like that's what I need in it. I wouldn't put, um, any, I wouldn't put any fruit in that beer. I don't know. It's like I like it, but I feel like there's something missing. Um, I'm going to go 425. Yeah, nice. I wanted to give it a four five, but I I, just, I can't go all the way. Okay, can't go all the way. Four two five. Yeah, I, I would have said four, but you already said it. And, I, yeah, I, I could definitely sit out at the at the You're cookout and drink those. And I would definitely buy this beer again if, if it was on the liquor store and I'm yeah. going by. But I think they said it's specialty, and so that means yeah. we could never buy it at the liquor store. But Welltown Great Brewery. Um, how do we how do we think on the barbecue? Did they did they get a point? Oh yeah. Yeah, they got I a point think, for the barbecue. I think whatever, uh, wherever we go and whatever we order, when we actually go to Kansas City and get KC barbecue, um, it's gonna have to be, it's gonna have to be top notch. This is pretty good stuff. Oh, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. You guys got to get on the board. <laughs> I, like dub. I said, I, I could use a little bit more seasoning on their their stuff, but overall, good experience. Good experience. Thanks 100%. for coming out, man. Thanks for having me, Marty. Yep. Cheers, and uh, give everybody your social handles, where they can find you. Got any questions, hit you up. Uh, Instagram is Moonshiners Choice Detailing. And then uh, my former company, if you want to give them a follow, those guys are going to do big things, WBG Pro Detail. So two shops in Warrensburg, Missouri, just outside of Kansas City. Nice. And we are at uh, Albert G's, so you can look them up too, especially if you're in the Oklahoma area great little place to come to that's the wall that i want to try at some point yeah. in time they've got a bunch of whiskey sitting over in barrels little small barrels that uh wow i bet you uh, i bet you there's some really good whiskey you you heard about the jim beam warehouse catching fire last oh, week right no yeah unfortunate a lot, Very of, unfortunate. lot of barrels of whiskey were aging and big big warehouse fire um, so they probably lost quite a bit of uh, tragic, quite a bit of merchandise, huh? Tragic. All right, you can find us at Total Auto Solutions or at Pints and Polishing Podcast, or me personally as Marty L Hill. Um, that's where you can find us on any of the main platforms. So appreciate you guys listening as always. Please give us a review. Please uh, share the podcast to any other detailers that you think. We get some information out of it. We always try and put out as much content as we can to help detailers like ourselves get better, grow, and uh, and to have a great day. <laughs> so enjoy. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, detailers. This is Marshall. 
Thank you, as always, for listening to the Pints and Polishing podcast. It really does mean a lot when we get your DMs telling us what you guys have learned or how much you guys enjoyed it. It's been a really blast doing this, and I'm super excited about what's coming up this fall. A lot of stuff going on with the podcast, and want to make sure that you guys know about the Mobile Tech Expo happy hour. So coming to Mobile Tech Expo Las Vegas in September, September 5th, 6th, and 7th. September 5th is the big training day. DJ and I will be leading a class on branding, on marketing, on how detailers can brand themselves and use today's new forms of marketing to grow their detailing business. We will also be doing an environmental discussion with Ben from Narwhal Trailers. But the cool thing about doing Mobile Tech Vegas is not doing pint night, is doing pint happy hour. So at 3 o'clock on Friday, once you kind of wound down from uh, looking around at all the booths, we're going to have free beer. <laughs> what better way to kind of close down the first day of Mobile Tech than to come hang out, drink free beer, and see all the other detailers. All right, so that's at Mobile Tech Las Vegas. That's going to be September 5th. So get a, get a flight, get there. The hotel's at a really great place. The convention or trade show, I guess, is going to be done really well. We love what Sheldon and the guys and the other women from Mobile Tech are doing. So be a part of it. Join us. And as Sheldon said, uh, if you want to get in on some Education Day discount, use Pints as your discount. So look forward to seeing everybody there. Hey, make it a great day. Hey Detailers, this is Marshall. Thank you as always for listening to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. It really does mean a lot when we get your DMs telling us what you guys have learned or how much you guys enjoyed it. It's been a really blast doing this and I'm super excited about what's coming up this fall. A lot of stuff going on with the podcast and want to make sure that you guys know about the Mobile Tech Expo happy hour. So coming to Mobile Tech Expo Las Vegas in September, September 5th, 6th, and 7th. September 5th is the big training day. DJ and I will be leading a class on branding, on marketing, on how detailers can brand themselves and use today's new forms of marketing to grow their detailing business. We will also be doing an environmental discussion with Ben from Narwhal Trailers. But the cool thing about doing Mobile Tech Vegas is not doing pint night, is doing pint happy hour. So at 3 o'clock on Friday, once you kind of wound down from uh, looking around at all the booths, we're going to have free beer. <laughs> what better way to kind of close down the first day of Mobile Tech than to come hang out, drink free beer, and see all the other detailers. All right, so that's at Mobile Tech Las Vegas. That's going to be September 5th. So get a, get a flight, get there. The hotel's at a really great place. The convention or trade show, I guess, is going to be done really well. We love what Sheldon and the guys and the other women from Mobile Tech are doing. So be a part of it. Join us. And as Sheldon said, uh, if you want to get in on some Education Day discount, use Pints as your discount. So...
Look forward to seeing everybody there. Hey, make it a great day.